Hey guys, before we get into the episode, you all know I'm a huge fan of fashion and I have been ever since I was a little girl. And my first job, by the way, was actually at Macy's. And my love for fashion began when I started there because I worked in the fragrance department, but of course my eye was always on the clothes and the makeup and everything related to style. But here's the thing, my relationship with Macy's didn't end once my days of asking people walking by if they wanted a sample of the latest scents came to an end. Nearly 20 years later, I still find myself choosing Macy's time and time again for literally everything. It's become a really beautiful full circle moment that they've been such amazing supporters of our show for so long. And when it comes to shopping, they have everything you need, whether I need a last minute outfit or Kevin needs a last minute outfit for our friend's wedding. We always head to Macy's. They've got us covered. So if you're in need of some retail therapy, perhaps, or looking to spruce up your home or your lifestyle, check out Macy's friends. I've curated a list of some of my favorite items that have helped me upgrade so many parts of my life, really my fashion the most, but of course home and baby and so much more. So check the link in the description and happy shopping Hill Squad. I remember my mom always struggling with her hair. It's Frizi Maria, my mom would say in her Greek accent. Tiehis, what do you have? I tried so hard to find her products. I wish I could share these products I'm using now with her because I know she would be so happy to finally have good hair days. I've always believed that hair is a woman's best accessory. And with Way's new anti-frizz cream, you can ensure that your hair always looks its best without the frizz stealing the spotlight. It's a lightweight cream that not only provides immediate frizz control, but also helps prevent heat damage. And get this, it lasts up to 72 hours. That's three whole days of frizz-free, gorgeous hair. Way seriously has some of my favorite products for taming the frizz. Pro tip, one of my biggest discoveries is using the Way hair oil on the ends of my hair before I dry it. Let me tell you, it's a game changer. Once it's dry, my hair looks so smooth and polished. I don't even need to do anything else. It is incredible. I love it. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter the promo code Heel Squad for 15% off any product. That's the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, promo code Heel Squad. Trust me, you won't regret it. Coming up on today's Better Together. One thing I think people really make the mistake these days um, is that uh, the, the, the pursuit of finding your person hasn't really changed. Finding the one, as they say. And even though we'll say, like, I want to find my person or I want to find the one, we're out there dating like we're trying to marry 13 different people. You know, like we're trying to impress all these different people. We want to get everyone to like us. And I'm just like, why are you spending so much energy trying to get so many people like you when you're trying to find one? I don't know. It doesn't make a lot of sense. Uh, but we we do that, right? And, we, we, and then, you know, we'll get broken up with and, and then we forget how much they annoyed us. But like, well, oh, we can't have we can't have someone break up with us. We can't have someone not like us. So we'll spend all this energy getting validation from someone that we used to complain about all the time as opposed to moving on and finding someone more appropriate for us. But, you know, that's when our ego comes into play. And, and again, we, we lose our focus. We lose our intention. Our intention is finding one, right? And it's not to be liked. It's not to be popular. It's not to find many. Um, and I think if we if we get back to that or what our goals are of dating, we'll, we'll be a little bit more successful. I'm on a journey to get better, and I want to do it with you. And I'm not just focusing on physical health. I'm focusing on everything, emotional wellness, spirituality, finances, relationships, and so much more. Every week, it will be my personal goal to bring us, the world's leading healers, experts, and game changers, to share groundbreaking secrets and tips to getting better in all areas of life. 
Getting better isn't easy, but it's a whole lot easier when we can do it together. Welcome to Better Together with me, Maria Menounos. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Better Together with Maria Menounos. And as you can see or hear, I am not Maria Menounos. Mr. Maria Menounos is in the house. Kevin Undergaro. Um, doing my best to hold the fort down as the backup QB. You're doing great, Kev. Oh, thank you, Kelsey Meyer. Um, in a relationship, don't try to be perfect. Just be honest. <laughs> I love that it. That is a great quote. And... Uh, I feel like I should surprise everyone with who this is. Mm. If you're a fan of The Bachelor. That's right. Kelsey, actually, you know what, Kelsey? What? I'm, I'm going to have you read this. Are you kidding me? Yeah. All right, I'm ready. Let's pull this music down. All right, you guys. We are so, so excited to have Bachelor Royalty, entrepreneur, host of one of the top 100 podcasts in the world, Nick Vile here to guest host with us. Nick is going to talk about being honest with our intentions while dating and going to talk to us about being, oh, I just said that, and while willing to ask questions even if you're afraid of the answers. I'm so excited. We never talk about dating. Dating right now is a nightmare. Yes. Nick, help us SOS. And, and by the way, let me also say this. Nick is going to be hosting tonight. Right. So like I forgot to say that. So Nick is actually he's going to be guest he's Maria. Q he's the guest QB yeah. today. Um Nick, you're going to take over because I I have this theory that uh everyone's been pent up and separated and I feel like and it's you know we're months away, but I feel like there's a little light out there. It might be a new normal, but I actually think people are going to rage, rage and party, oh, yeah. rage and going to bars, we're going spending in. money, which actually gives me hope for the economy, but I think dating is going to be bananas. <laughs> so, Nick, take it away. I, I, I agree. Uh, a small fact, I don't know if people realize that the Roaring Twenties followed the Spanish flu. <gasps> oh, I did not. Um, okay, I'm a history major, but I'll let you explain to the fans the Roaring Twenties. 1920s. Well, the, yeah, the Roaring Twenties is kind of how it sounded. We Everyone liked, wanted a party, and it was kind of a... Um, Everyone was getting out and socializing like never before. And um, your speakeasies, it was kind of during prohibition uh, around that. The people, you know, that's where you have organized crime and, and kind of the, you know, the that coming up. But essentially, you know, the, the pandemic, when we all talked about this pandemic 100 years ago, they had the Spanish flu and that crippled the world in terms of, uh, you know, obviously deaths and people were quarantining and, and social distance. And that when that came out, people had this pent up kind of, you know, rage, excitement, and uh, I, yeah, I I agree with you, Kevin. I think, yeah. uh, man, I I never would have thought I would have said this two years ago, but I think the world needs Coachella. <laughs> uh, um, We're stagecoach. Yeah, it I mean, all of them. It, but I'm starting to even think. I know Boston people how we are. We're very intense people, and it was always a place where, for guys anyway, if you didn't meet a girl by three in the morning you were looking for a fist fight that was how it was back in the day here and and if you see some of our parades you see it and i can't even imagine what it's going to be like in the bars i have a cousin who's just like i'm going to make out she's a, a female and she's like i'm going to make out with every guy i see that's what i'm going to yeah. do well, listen the, the the human we need stimulation as humans it's like a the the war um it there's been studies on it the work the our brains prefer uh, pain to boredom because essentially all pain is is stimulation so there's a study out there you can you can google or youtube it but they would 
they uh, they had these subjects and they asked them to press a button and this button would shock them. And not to the point where it would like really hurt them, but they felt actual pain. It was like, oh, that really hurt. And then they would ask him a question. So would you ever push that button again? They're like, no, it sucked. You know, it was like a bee sting, so to speak, right? They would immediately then put them into a, a room that's, you know, say six feet by six feet that had a chair, a table and a button, right? Same button. And they said, we're going to leave this room for 30 minutes. And you can push this button if you want to. You don't have to push a button. You do whatever you want. We'll be back in 30 minutes. And most people push the button in less than two minutes. And this is something that they already, like, they knew it was going to shock them. And they oh asked the question, well, why did you do that? They're like, I don't know. I was just bored. I need something to do. And so, like, you look at all the things that we do in life and dating. And with everything, people have a, a way of... Uh, things getting out of control or getting sucked up into the drama of it all. Um, yeah. and, and that can be, that can happen with sports. Like, you know, it could happen with anything. There's, there's a certain level of drama that's appropriate. And then sometimes we just go above and beyond because we need that stimulation. And, and the world is a different place for the past year and going to bars, going to concerts or just, you know, game night with friends, like different interactions, the, the, the little bit of drama that we, you know, we, we require as humans to have, to keep us level we've been missing and, and we're finding and we're always going to find different ways to get that level of drama and if we're limited with our choices sometimes those choices end up being a little bit more toxic so then maybe it's about finding constructive hobbies so you're yeah. not bored yeah. you know like i, I know I, yeah stay busy it with constructive things yeah it's, it's tough i mean we i i kind of joke you know I, my I, my girlfriend now natalie um she's the probably the first girl i've ever dated where i realized and maybe it's in my my maturity where i recognize that like i'm more i'm more dramatic than she is and that's oh that's a new thing for me and i don't even think i'm that dramatic but she's a very chill level-headed person and it's it's uh that self-awareness to realize use it like no one likes to admit they're dramatic there's certain like characteristics we have like I thought about this. Like when you're on the go 24-7 like me, guys, finding ways to make life easier is so important for my health and sanity. <laughs> and that's exactly what my friends at Macy's do for me. From working there as a teenager to now going to them for so many of my daily essentials, it's been my go-to for so many years. And having everything in one place is such a time saver for me. With being a first-time mom, for a while now, as you know, I've had plenty of those and being able to rely on them for all the things has been amazing. Plus having everything in one place has made being a new mom just a little bit easier for me. So I know we're all focusing on our families, our health, hopefully our jobs and everything in between, but it's time to make your life a little easier. And to help you out, I've curated all of my essentials from Macy's for you and the whole fam. All the details are in the show notes below, or you can just click the link in the description to get your hands on them too. I have some new picks on there. This little bomber jacket, this little black dress. You're gonna love it. I got in this one fight with a friend because like loyalty matters to me. Like yeah. it's a characteristic. I, I like, I, I really matters to me. But sometimes loyalty can get you in trouble. Like when we're younger, like sometimes we'll be so loyal to a fault to our friends that you're like, you'll have your friends back. And all of a sudden you're like, your friend's like, yeah, hey, I did that. Like I, I was wrong. And you're like, oh shoot, I shouldn't like have had your right, back, right? Right, yeah. But we all love to say that we're loyal. Like everyone wants and, to, like right. no one says I'm not loyal. Just like no one wants to think that they're like, 
everyone likes to say they're organized. Yeah, everyone's right? the oh, hero in so their great. own journey. Hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. In their own story, everyone's the hero. Even the worst villains you see, I always remind people, like, no, no, no. In he or she's brain, they're the hero. They're the hero, yeah. In their mind. Yeah. And, and so there's certain things that we like to say that we are that we're not. And there are certain qualities like no one and, and that's the same thing with dramatic. No one wants to think of themselves as dramatic. You know, it's like, oh, you're a dramatic person. But we all, to some level, yes. we all desire a little bit yes, of drama. because I am too. I'm the drama queen in our relationship. And sometimes Maria just goes, Kevin, really? Like, just please. I see, Kelsey, you do it with me sometimes too. Where it's like, yeah, yeah. come on, calm yeah. down. I wouldn't but really I, say you're a drama queen. Well, now. here's the term, drama, because unfortunately we, I think we feminize that term. But really... It's being dramatic, you know what I mean? It's yeah. just that it's it's not in this, it's not manifesting in the same way. Mm. But I, Nick, I know I'm like that. I know a lot of guys who are a bit much, <laughs> a little oh, yeah. extra, you know. And 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 typically they're with the partner who goes, "Okay, you're done now." Yeah, chill out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, listen, if 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 you know that tomorrow you're gonna wake up and be like, I don't really care. Like you know, you're a bit of a drama queen, you know. Like, well, there's that self awareness. That's so key. Yeah. No, really, because that that's what I find that it's a struggle. People are so self-immersed. They don't have the ability to be self-aware and then or the courage to mm. kind of look in the mirror. and go, yeah. Oh, boy, I got some. Well, those blind. are the dangerous people. The, the, right, you combine righteousness and, and a lack of self-awareness and you Oof. get a real dangerous person. Oof, that just frightened me. That I whole, know. Yeah. yeah. Nick, what did it take for you to like be like, oh, I am the dramatic one. Like, how did you become self-aware? Uh, well, I life, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think there's something in my personality that always um, uh, desired to, I would rather uh, figure out that I have flaws mm. and uh, and then rather recognize that and learn how to tell a self-deprecating joke than be laughed at. You know, I think my ego and, you know, my my ego decided that was a safer option. Yeah, get ahead uh, of it. Mm, yeah, that, smart. and recognize it on my own rather than being the butt of a joke. You know, yeah. I never wanted to be. You know, I didn't. You know, like I didn't want to walk in a room and everyone knew something about me that I just couldn't see it. You know, I yeah. was so oblivious mm -hmm. to it, and because uh, I see that with a lot of people, people walk around this world all the time. Like everyone knows, everyone sees it on this person, and 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 they're either too afraid to look in the mirror or not. And I just didn't want to be that person. And um, yeah, thankfully, maybe it's because I had parents that. Well, I got a lot of love and I, I, you know, I joke with my siblings like that I'm my mom's favorite, but my parents were always the first one, first, first ones to let me know that I was, you know, being a jerk or being inappropriate. And or, Nick, for the few know, that, were, for the few that don't know this, you're one of 11, 11 siblings, correct? Yeah, I'm one of 11. And where so, do you fit? Middle, top, youngest, oldest? I'm, I'm the second oldest. I'm the oldest boy. Um, Crazy. Yeah. Wow. Incredible parents to give you yeah. that. You know, may, do you think it was maybe having um so many siblings that kept I you think humble? part of that too is like as much as I joke, no one was really. I mean, we were all very much loved, and uh, my parents didn't have time to 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 not just let us know what's up, right? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we 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 knew both love and affection, and we also understood disappointment. And I think a healthy combination of both are were good things to to level me out um, uh, you know when you, you know. go back to loyalty that's a tough one because you're right we all want to be loyal as friends yeah. um, and then sometimes we fall short of the mark 
or like you said earlier, sometimes we go out and defend a friend because we're, and I think, I don't know what we'll remember, but as guys, like neighborhood guys, it's like, that's, yeah. you'd have a rat. You'd be loyal. You'd be loyal. Yeah. And like, it's, yeah, you're just like, you're just like, hey, who am I supposed to hate? Cause I got your back. Yeah. Buddy. Like, you know, and it's and... troublesome because we have friends in our business that make mistakes and our instinct is to protect them. I mean, look at Sharon Osborne just jumped to the aid of peers without mm -hmm. thinking and, and, and look what happened. Yeah. But I get both that, sides. I get I get both sides of the situation. Well, I think when we're younger, like anything else, we have to our maturity helps us manage those characteristics better. You know, like because, yeah, when we're younger and we're on the playground and early 20s, you're just like, hey, man, I got your back no matter what. Yeah. No questions yeah. asked. But yeah. as an adult, I think you can still be a very loyal friend by sometimes having those tough conversations, right? Like, mm -hmm. hey man, like I got your back and let's, you know, what if if you've been wronged, I will have your back, but let's look at what's going on in this situation, you know? And sometimes you have to call, loyalty might mean calling your friend out, you know, in a one-on-one -on -one situation yeah. where you're not embarrassing them in public, but you're having an honest conversation and say, as a loyal friend to you, I'm telling you you're wrong and you might disagree with me and you might have a discussion but uh, I think that's I think that's there's a, different ways of being loyal, and, and sometimes loyalty is is being honest with a friend. And again, you're doing it for the greater good. You're not doing it to be mean. You're not doing it to be right. Uh, you're you're just doing it to to show that you love them, right? Because loyalty is just like letting a person know that that you want to express love and show them love, and that you're going to be there for them. And and being there for friends sometimes means that you have to sit them down and be like, I just I see it differently, man. Like you tough know? love. And yeah. you know, you have that, that tough love. And I think that's just harder to do. It takes a lot. It's a scary thing to do to call out a friend, knowing that by doing so, you you might get in a fight, you might get in a disagreement, they might be mad at you. And and I think when we're younger, we have a we don't want to do that. Um, so I think we can show maturity in different ways, but um, And how yeah. do you deal with the in being a bachelor too? Because now you're in that vortex of I mean, how many hundreds of bachelors, bachelorettes, and contestants right from that universe? Yeah. And then without the other reality stars who seem to cross over, um, do you typically just kind of play Switzerland when they all... Because you, you have such a sweet demeanor. I don't see you getting into the cat fights that I see a lot of them get into or some of them get into. Uh, you know, it's tough though too, right? Because, um, you know, I have the podcast and part of one of our shows we we cover the show uh i i try to spend a vast majority of my time uh, you know covering the show i don't like getting into conspiracy theories or life outside of the show right because there there, there seems to be other people who, who follow you know former bass people bachelor people and, and or com comment on their daily lives but there have been situations that come up that i've either critiqued or or uh, had a comment on, but I always try to do it with a level of grace. Now, granted, we are, we have fans and our fans can be very protective of us. So, yeah. you know, they don't want to hear criticism, but uh, yeah, there is a balance of, uh, of trying to, you know, understand the position they're in. And it, maybe sometimes, you know, because the tough part is, is like, these are my peers. Right. And mm -hmm. sometimes uh, whether I'm friends with them or not, whether I've ever even met them in person, a lot of people will be like, well, you're on that bachelor show and you, so are Sue. And if they do something like that, 
then people want to associate you together. So it's kind of like, you know, I don't want to be associated with some people who are making decisions I would never make. And there's a balance of, of trying to separate yourself from, from that type of stuff and, um, or not. But, you know, ultimately, yeah, I, I try to show grace, but uh, I've been criticized of being critical at the same time. Oh, as being well, so. so, so when the thing with, um, so the recent thing with with Chris, um, you know, and, and you know that debacle, is that something you just you stay clear of, or, you know, or or how do you handle that? Because I'm sure you like him. Yeah, you I know, mean, it, it was he's a tough so likeable. He's a likable guy. Yeah, for myself, I mean, you know, I consider Chris and Rachel both good friends. Right. Um, I, I have a, a, a more personal, stronger connection with Rachel. She was on my season when I was a bachelor. We've just hung out more as friends. But um, so on that level, it was just, it was like sad, you know, it was sad to see. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, you know, I'm, I commented like a lot of my peers when, when Chris made those comments because, you know, they weren't okay. They were wrong. And there's, obviously a lot of discussions around this topic. Um, and, you know, the thing is, is, you know, we all make mistakes and Chris made a mistake, but not all of us are also the the host of The Bachelor. You know, mm-hmm. Chris has a huge platform and a huge microphone. And I think is, was it, was it Spider-Man's uncle said with great power and privilege comes great responsibility. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I understand a discussion of, of Chris having to take a step back. So, you know, I, I really try to not be reactionary yeah. uh, as much as I can be a you know a, a drama queen sometimes, but um, <laughs> well, I, I want to I understand what's going on. And um, I think it's a fair assessment with you saying he he's a bit older than you, right? Is he about ten years older than you? About you ten year, ten or yeah. You I know, I wonder. Old. I I'm older. I'm like him, and I wonder if it's a generational thing where we don't we don't we're not educated really enough on this subject because I've been thinking about it a lot myself yeah, i mean i'm still learning too right you know i'm i grew up in wisconsin milwaukee and um it's just one of those things you know there's we all are guilty of ignorance right yeah. and and sometimes that ignorance comes from how we were raised our communities you know i grew up in a predominantly white neighborhood yeah. and i think yeah. you moved to la and you and my, my circle of influence has changed. Uh, I've, my circle has diversified, right? I have more black friends now than I did yeah. when I lived in Wisconsin. It's a wonderful that, thing I've about learned, LA. I've learned things. I think me? Hollywood is a really great, listen, we have our blind yeah. spots, but I think we connect a lot of people and it's really yeah. cool. And so sometimes even with my parents, you know, I've had some, you know, tough conversations. And it's not because there's any hate in their heart. I mean, man, my parents are one of the most loving and open-minded people. But again, sometimes you just, you're a product of your community. And sometimes even I, I'm thankful for my parents to be willing to learn from their kids, right? Because uh, sometimes I've had these conversations and we'll talk about what's going on in the world and culture. And it's kind of like, hey, remember that one time where you told me that? <laughs> Yeah, we can all agree that's kind of messed up, right? And yeah. like, yeah, but like, it, and you feel a little shame and you feel defense. All right, friends, let's talk about something we all do. Snack. Trust me, I've definitely overindulged in the past, but as you know, I am focused 
on my health these days. And I think I found the healthier snack that you don't have to lose out on the flavor. And it's definitely become my go-to. It first came into the house because of Kevin. He was obsessed with wonderful pistachios. And then I got addicted. And now it's in my travel bag. I don't leave home without it. It's in our glove compartments because they don't melt. Right now, my favorite flavor is the sweet chili flavor. It feels like some of the naughtier kind of snacks I used to use where I used to lick my fingers after. Now I lick them and I feel safer. Um, Plus, Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. That's crazy, guys. So if you're looking for the perfect snack, trust me and head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com to snag a bag of Wonderful Pistachios. You're going to love them. And you feel a little embarrassed. And I think sometimes those are the important important times to lean into the discomfort. We hear a lot about that because it's easy to get defensive, right? Because we know that we can be guilty of these things too. Mm-hmm. Um, uh-huh. And so 100%. like I look at Chris's mistake and it was definitely a mistake. And, and, you know, the biggest problem with what Chris said is, I don't know what his intentions were, but it sounded like he was suggesting that things like some of these things all of a sudden were offensive and that's not the case, yeah. right? They've always been offensive. Yeah. You know, the Confederate flag is always offensive. Yeah. Uh, dressing up in blackface has always been offensive. Old South parties, always offensive. They didn't magically become offensive, but I think we are recognizing it uh, faster than ever before. And I think it's important, but uh, like I said, like I still think Chris is a good person. I still, I still trust Chris as a, a man and I would still go to him to, for advice, but at the same time, I mean, it's not my decision to make, but he is in a particular special role as opposed to the bachelor. And, and there's a lot of responsibility and privilege. And I can understand why, why people are conflicted about what should be done going forward. Do you, have you, speaking of loyalty, have you reached out to him? Have you texted him or just, uh, yeah, early on, just wanted to say, Hey, I'm here for you. And I have, you know, again, I I've spoken more with Rachel, but, uh, there's been some communication, but I haven't spoken with him in a, in a few weeks. So I don't really know what's been going on. You know, other than just saying, hey, I hope you're okay, and I understand it's tough, and just let them know that it was hard to hear, but, you know, I've, you know, I, I, it's hard for me to throw stones knowing that I've, I've, mm-hmm. I've I'm sure I've been ignorant in, in ways. I think know. it's what you said earlier, that's the tough love part of love and loyalty is, is saying, hey, I'm here, but you know what you said was making. I'm, I'm really proud of Rachel and what she's done. We, we uh, at AfterBuzz, she broke really big press with us and it it kind of trickled the it began the petition for the hundred thousand signatures to get yeah to get um to get more diversity on the show i'm really happy to see her on extra now and you know i i always root for any of you guys to kind of get out of the universes you're in it's like it's okay to be there but i i really like talent to be independent and i'm really proud of her i can't say enough of great things about rachel she again is one of the you know the People ask me about like uh, Bachelor Nation. It's like it's like any type of organization, right? There's some people you work with that you're friends with, some people you're just acquaintance with, and some people you're not necessarily a huge fan of. But Rachel is someone I would consider a friend that I would be friends with outside of the association with this show. And she, and yeah, she's incredibly talented and has a lot of grace. And um, she's had to deal with a lot of very unfair criticism and nastiness that. There's just a ton of ignorance that goes on in this yeah. world. And I think there's one thing I've, you know, people will ask, uh, you know, like you, you say, like, as a, as a white guy, it's just like, hey, I want to listen and I want to learn. And then people are quick to say, well, what have you learned? Right. And yeah. so, you know, one thing I've learned is that, unfortunately, I think there is 
a lot more ignorance and racism that still goes on in our country than I think we wanted to realize. Um, and I think part of it is because we are, again, recognizing these things, mm -hmm. right? Um, I mean, think about it. The, the Confederate flag was still in the Mississippi state flag up until 2020. That means in, in every elementary, middle school, high school, government building, the Confederate flag was flying in that state, right? And that's not okay. And it was always offensive, but like think of all the people that just like looked at that and, and apparently considered that to be socially acceptable. Like when I was a, in elementary school and I looked at our state flag, and if I saw the Confederate flag, you know, I mean, that's, and so as a society, Dukes of, Dukes of Hazzard, still, it was always yeah. on the top of the general league, you know, and it was, nope, yeah. yeah, whatever, you know, and that's, and again, there's these debates on like, you know, again, I'm, I'm, I'm for like, to me, it seems insane. That stuff is, was still going on. Um, and it's, it's good that it's not there. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's, a it's a tricky world. And I think like what I just try to say is like, I, I want to be on the right side of history. I want to be a part of, of positive change. And, and sometimes that means leaning into my discomfort. Mm -hmm. um, and we're not always going to get it right. No. Um, but uh, we just have to try our best to, to, to be on the right side of things. And, and hopefully we can do that. I, I've been thinking myself too, if there's, before my network went on hiatus, we were going to do a full education program. And, uh, and I was thinking of it today, and I don't know, it wasn't even over this interview, but I, I'm gonna, I'm actually just gonna hire the person to teach me, you know, the things that where we've had the blind spots because often we don't know, yeah. we're not aware, and and I want to become aware, and I think it's good for all of us um, to become aware, you know. Yeah, it's it's a tricky thing, right? Because yeah. again, I think it's just it's very easy to get defensive in these situations, right? Mm -hmm. We, we see sometimes even our friends, right. Uh, get themselves in sticky situations. And I think a lot of people get defensive because maybe they know they, they did or said something offensive in the past. It just wasn't recorded. I, I, I don't know, but I think we all can get defensive. And I think sometimes we just, it's, it's a combination of doing our own research, um, and, our, and, and then be grateful for our friends uh, who are willing to, to share their stories and teach us, yeah, right? Yeah, um, yep. You know, like, especially like Rachel's her friends, right? So like, there are times I'll ask her, it's like, hey, help me out here. I, I'm having a hard time understanding this from, you know, from your point of view, right? Um, yeah. And I'm always grateful of her willingness to take the time because if for every one of me asking a question that's she's just like you're you're an idiot you know um <laughs> because I, i'm sure i can only imagine i don't know what it's like to be in rachel's shoes but i do know just hearing like she you know her being the first black lead in the franchise she's had to endure so so much bullshit excuse my language from yeah. fans and yeah, and um and unfair criticism you know, even this situation, you know, she had to turn off her social media for, oh my you know, because people wanted to, you know, like un unfair, very much unfairly uh, decided that was somehow Rachel's fault for the, the words that Chris chose to say. And uh, it's uh, it's unfortunate. And, I, and even that, I hope we can get to a place where we're not trying to take sides, but rather just, um, again, just trying to be be better. Do you, you know, better together, as you say. Absolutely. How do you think? So, how do you think the show will be um, next season? You know, I know because you you cover it on your podcast. Which, by the way, I love your podcast is Universal. It's just to let everyone know he does cover Bachelor, but 
as you can see, he's very worldly and mindful and has so much other great takeaway. Top 100 in the world. That's right. Just saying his podcast, <laughs> number 58. We did the research for him. He didn't even know that. <laughs> I, um, it was like, great. Yeah. yeah. So, but Nick, what, what, what's the difference you think going to be with the, with the two women hosting this season over Chris? Well, it'll be interesting um, because I think people got to pay attention to the details. Um when 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 abc dropped that post at like 11 p.m on a friday night and that was the <laughs> the news dumps of all news dumps Truly. right and i think i i don't from what i hear the situation is still fluid uh in terms of what what are like long term right going forward i yeah. think it was interesting in their statement how they said that chris would be not be hosting uh, this mm -hmm. upcoming season of the Bachelorette, and then followed up by saying that uh, Tasha and Caitlin would be stepping in in a supportive role of the next Bachelorette, but they didn't say hosting. Now everyone's saying, oh. "Hey, they're hosting," and that's what they're calling it, but they they didn't say that. Um, and I think we should pay attention to that because to me, that says you know they don't know what's happening with Chris going forward, and they're they're you know the news dump of it all. Like I think. It, it's still unclear, but I wonder. Um, I wonder if it what it says to me, Nick, and I. I could be wrong. I know that those words were chosen very carefully. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh my goodness, as many many minds went into that, <laughs> and I, I I don't think the news dump works anymore. It used to no, work. No, it, it doesn't. It doesn't um, work. A nice try, guys. But I was gonna say, I what if what if it's leaving the door open for a big name professional host. I think vis-a-vis -vis Nick Cannon or you know what I mean someone like that who's a, whose job is to, is is who's a who's an experienced season host. Yeah, it's a I wonder. that's a whole nother debate. Like could someone like an outsider uh right. like who's hosted other big shows uh, I keep thinking Nick Cannon because I've been saying he's under so many contracts. I think he would do a pretty cool job. Not that I'm yeah, I, it's interesting. I have a, I have a horse it, in the race, you know. But you, know, you wonder, like, could he do a better job than say Caitlin or or another alumni? Uh, who knows? Because like that's a very specific world in there, yeah. and um, it, it would be interesting. I that what I do, I I feel like if I had to guess, like, you know, the way the show airs in films, it was like people started recognizing that if Chris were to continue to host you know, this upcoming season of The Bachelorette, that uh, there really wouldn't be much time for this break that Chris said he was taking. And so the optics, you know, how much... I remember my mom always struggling with her hair. It's Frizi Maria, my mom would say in her Greek accent. Tiehis, what do you have? I tried so hard to find her products. I wish I could share these products I'm using now with her because I know she would be so happy to finally have good hair days. I've always believed that hair is a woman's best accessory. And with Way's new anti-frizz cream, you can ensure that your hair always looks its best without the frizz stealing the spotlight. It's a lightweight cream that not only provides immediate frizz control, but also helps prevent heat damage. And get this, it lasts up to 72 hours. That's three whole days of frizz-free, gorgeous hair. Way seriously has some of my favorite products for taming the frizz. Pro tip, one of my biggest discoveries is using the Way hair oil on the ends of my hair before I dry it. Let me tell you, it's a game changer. Once it's dry, my hair looks so smooth and polished. I don't even need to do anything else. It is incredible. I love it. Frizz-free, up your schedule with Way. Go to the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter the promo code HEELSQUAD for 15% off any product. That's the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, promo code HEELSQUAD. Trust me, you won't regret it. How much time can Chris 
have to, you know, just take some time, learn, reflect, and, and be better for it. Um, he would, you know, he, there are, they're filming in a week, right? So the season, you go from one yeah. season to another, like yeah. how much time have you taken off, right? And so yeah. this, but I think the hope is still there that, you know, again, Chris can learn from his mistakes mm-hmm. and, and will. And again, like the person, I know Chris, so, and I may be biased, but I believe if he wants to, he can. And, and if he, and if that's possible, is it can more good come from um you know him being someone and saying hey i was wrong i was ashamed of my mistakes yeah, yeah. But i and, and his and his mistake could help other people who still have some ignorance i hope so i mean again i understand if people you know don't believe that or see that and, and that's why i'm glad i'm not a part of that decision making process yeah, yeah. but um uh, yeah, I, I, it sounds like it's still unclear, but as far as next season, um, again, like, you know, you, they, when they say uh, they're in a supportive world war about Charette, so I suspect, you know, a lot of those, like, you know, how in those checking in things that Chris would do, you're going to have Tasha and Caitlin do that. Um, I suspect you'll see other alumni, uh, pop in and be also a part of the upcoming season or seasons as they mm-hmm. go forward. And mm-hmm. I think you might see the franchise start leaning into some of their alumni who have some hosting experience or just understand that environment and, and uh, just might be a nice kind of callback to some earlier days. So that's how, well, I, love, how I expect it to go. I love that. I love them giving the alumni jobs, you know, yeah. I love it, yeah. you know, because it's like they do the alumni and, you know, the bachelors, the bachelors do so much for the franchise and and to make it what it is so i always love that i, I always root for talent um you know getting back to the uh the the dating thing um so we're, we're talking about the world hopefully knock on wood is going to reopen and you know how, how do you think it affects the i call it the swipe dating but you know the do you think that's affected in any way shape or form the you know apps the apps dating world. Uh, yeah because we have too many choices it's paralysis of choice you know so true um, yeah i mean there, there's been studies and i i if i i feel bad like not having names or quoting it but there are studies that show that we are unhappy there's a level of unhappiness that comes from too many choices you know and if you need you don't need any more proof than when you uh, are trying to find something on netflix to watch Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. before Netflix, before we had a hundred cable television shows, you'd go on, you have your basic cable, you'd go on TV and it'd be a Saturday afternoon and, and the fugitive or, or Shawshank Redemption is on TV. And you'd be like, great, I'll watch this. And you were totally happy and yeah. satisfied, like checking in with Shawshank Redemption. <laughs> and now you go on Netflix and you'll spend, you know, 45 minutes being like, oh, there's nothing to watch. And, you know, and you'll, and Shawshank Redemption is available, but it was, it's not good enough then. And, and then you'll and give up. Because you give up yeah. and you have too many choices and then you you are frustrated and you feel bored and you feel like you have nothing better to do but you know 10 years ago when you were limiting your options you were totally happy going back to watching andy dufresne you know yeah. swim through raw sewage to find his freedom or goodfellas <laughs> that's the other saturday goodfellas, yeah i mean whatever it is You're you know and right for in. other people it might be like stupid crazy love or you know 13 again but we we definitely had our go-to's or our yeah. rewatchables but how do and, we na- um, so how do we navigate this now? Yeah, well, I don't have to I think, worry yeah, about it. Just, but it's a lot of self policing. It's a lot of like I like you know, and I, uh, 
you know, it's not even my, I'd be stealing it, but uh, Logan Yuri is uh, someone who wrote a book called Not Die Alone, who's a, a guest on an upcoming podcast of mine. And she talks a lot about what dating with intentions. And it's something I've spoken to on, 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 in different ways without kind of giving it that name. But yeah, I think one thing I think people really make the mistake these days um, is that uh, the, the, the pursuit of finding your person hasn't really changed finding the one as they say and even though we'll say like i want to find my person or i want to find the one we're out there dating like we're trying to marry 13 different people you know like we're trying to impress all these different people and we want to get everyone to like us and i'm just like why are you spending so much energy trying to get so many people like you when you're trying to find one i don't know it doesn't make a lot of sense uh, but we, we do that. Right. And we, we, and then, you know, we'll get broken up with and, and then we forget how much they annoyed us, but like, well, oh, we can't have, we can't have someone break up with us. We can't have someone not like us. So we'll spend all this energy getting validation from someone that we used to complain about all the time, as opposed to moving on and finding someone more appropriate for us. But, you know, that's when our ego comes into play. And, and again, we, we lose our focus. We lose our intention. Our intention is finding one, right. And it's not to be liked. It's not to be popular. It's not to find many. Um, and I think if we if we get back to that or what our goals are of dating, we'll, we'll be a little bit more successful. And I think you, that goes back to the awareness that you mentioned. Like, do you just want one? Because if you're with yeah. 13, do you really just want one? Like, I, I see a lot of that, too. I just want to meet the one. And like, wait, mm-hmm. you're juggling how many? Is that what you and by the way, do that. No, no judgment for me. But be honest with yourself. Be honest exactly, with your intentions. Right? Yeah, with you know, your intentions. Setting upfront expectations with the people you're going on dates with, right? Yeah. Hey, it's fine. If you want to be, listen, I'm going to be totally upfront with you. I'm looking for things that are casual, right? But then, and then the self-pleasing comes in. All right, well, then, then you need to make sure that you stick to your word. You know, don't do, you know, if you're like, hey, I'm not looking for anything serious. Don't on date three say, I want to introduce you to my parents right? Mm-hmm. People do it all the time. They're like, I don't want anything. Ca- I want it, I don't want anything serious. I want to keep it casual. And then all of a sudden it's like, Hey, let's take a trip. I want you to meet my parents. <laughs> uh, I got this event coming up. Mm-hmm. Can you come to this wedding for me with me? And so like the other person, they heard you say they don't want, they don't want anything serious, but they're just like, like Dave over here, like invited me like to, he's got an upcoming wedding. He wants me to meet his parents. He wants to take a trip with me. I'm just very confused about what you want, mm. you know? And uh, I think we do that a lot. So I think we have to hold ourselves accountable. Um, and, and sometimes they say we can't have our cake and eat it too, because well, a lot of time, a lot of us will make the mistake of wanting our freedom to, to get to know ourselves mm-hmm. and other people, mm-hmm. but we have a hard time being alone. You know, yeah. we, we, we still want, we don't want to go to the, the, the flea market by ourselves. You know, we, we want to go to target with a girlfriend. Right. Um, and, uh, so sometimes we just have to be okay with some of those moments of aloneness. I think the, it goes back to being awareness is having that awareness of what you want. And like you said, then setting that intention and, and being honest with yourself. Cause I think, yeah, I hear the contradiction loud and clear. Like I, I want to yeah. be alone and have my freedom, but then I want, I'm, I'm on third I'm going on 13 different dates and it's mm-hmm. tough right because sometimes the answer to these questions are 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 are, are forced us to look in the mirror right um our ego never wants to think that they don't like us or that we're not the one for them mm-hmm. so and then then the flip side of it right the flip side is you know the, the person's dating the person who says well I don't want anything serious right and you're like they heard that but then 
then that person asks them to the wedding, asks them to meet right. their parents, asks them to go on trips. And so some, there's a disconnect there and they, they feel it in their gut. Their gut saying, hey, he, he or she told you, man, up front, they didn't want to date this, but they're doing these other things. So what do they do? They, they add value to their actions, right? Well, like, well, ha- actions speak louder than words and his actions are his introducing them to parents. And so they'll, they'll have these kind of conversations with their significant other without actually having that conversation. They'll be afraid of asking the question of like, hey, well, how do you really feel about me? Are, you know, because what the, they're, they're deep down, they're afraid. They're going to be like, no, no, I still don't want to date you. Uh, I'm just selfish. I'm, I'm just like, I just don't want to be alone. I don't want to go to this Oof. wedding by myself. I, I want to go on a trip with somebody. You seem fun. Um, and then we, we just avoid those questions. And then two years later, you're like, well, what are we? Yeah. You know? Yes. And um, I feel and, like, yeah, it's, it's scary. Nick, I feel like that's only going to get worse with this year we haven't been able to talk to people right so it's that's only going to get worse with all of this stuff now being majority like majority is online it used to be like i feel oh, yeah. like kind of 50 50 right but now it's a solid like 90 10 and it's like shit. yeah human communication is going you know it's kind of like handwriting person <laughs> yeah we, it's, a, it's a lost <laughs> art form you know yeah uh you know like you said kevin you're a few years older than me I, i'm sure even I think as the world gets older, we we're, we're getting worse and worse at talking to each other or saying hi, uh, mm-hmm. the art of conversation nowadays, people are only text messaging. Yeah. Um, and, and they're not, they're not having, they're, you know, ghosting, you know, ghosting is mm-hmm. on the rise because we're just like, well, I don't know what to say. So I won't say anything at all. Um, and again, too is, many yeah. choices. You have too many messages. You have too many, this, right. So yeah. it's easy. Well, there's that too. And we're just, we've, got bad at holding ourselves accountable because our peers are doing it. The problem with ghosts. As a first time mom with a baby, I'm always on the go, whether it's running errands, getting my coffee, going to doctor's appointments, or just spending quality time with little Athena. And that's why I rely on wonderful pistachios to keep me fueled and ready for anything, no matter where I am. Kevin even keeps us bag stashed in the nursery. you know, for the nighttime hunger moments. Wonderful pistachios comes in a variety of flavors and sizes, making them the perfect snack to have literally any time, whether I'm enjoying them during a quick break in between taping this show or I'm on the go and it's in the diaper bag. I do carry it in my travel bag and they're in my car. At this point, when I'm leaving the house, I think keys, wallet, wonderful pistachios. (laughs) Bonus, wonderful pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts with six grams of protein in every one ounce serving. So on top of all that, They keep me feeling satisfied. I'm energized while I'm juggling all this crazy stuff in life. Next time you're looking for a convenient and guilt-free snack, head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com and stock up on your favorite flavors today. Minus the sweet chili. The thing is, it's one of those things where we end up just shaming ourselves because we know it's wrong, right? Mm -hmm. And then we end up becoming less happy because, you know, our our subconscious will will tell us. Another thing I got from from Logan and and her book is that, that... the downside of doing things like ghosting, even though people are, are doing it, is that um, we know it's wrong and we end up becoming less happier for it because you know we, we, we know we're hurting people, even though we'll have excuses like, well, I didn't know what to say and I didn't want to hurt their feelings, so I didn't. Like we know and like we'll end up feeling less happy and less happy because you know, we, you know, I think at our core, we, we, we are, most of us are good people and uh, we'll feel less, we'll feel down on ourselves, we'll, we'll, we'll judge ourselves, and, and maybe sometimes rightfully so, because we're holding ourselves less accountable. It's, uh, 
it's so interesting about accountability, awareness, and taking that stock. And I think, um, you know, we have a lot of so many like thought leaders and healers on this show. And everyone I'm noticing, they all say things in a different way, but the subtext of what they're saying is the same. And we keep hearing this over and over again. It's, it's being aware, yeah. taking inventory of your life, you know, pausing and, and, and having those moments. So for guys, I really urge men to do that. I certainly did not. You know, I, I yeah. was guilty of all of this stuff, just a typical male going through life. And then I needed someone like Maria to knock me and put me in my place. Thank God. But um, and I needed to grow up. But um, but w- what advice? Well, for the guys like it's come on, be more aware. And I think it's nice that um, this author said this, that there's an incentive for them because they will end up unhappy. Like, no matter what, I know you think you can sweep it under the rug and go on to the next. But ultimately, ghosting will make you unhappy. I think that's really powerful to say because I think that will help detract people from doing it. You know, what do you have advice for women coming out of this? Like that, you know, I know a lot of my friends who are single are just dying to go out and meet somebody. Well, I mean, there's something I've noticed. Well, one thing I want to say when it comes to a lot of dating stuff, uh, I think... Some of the, a lot of the things I talked about are not gender specific. I mean, men and women are both guilty about doing this stuff. Uh, I, I have noticed more. I don't know if it's because of our society and, but you know, in dating, there's always a power dynamic, you know, especially early on mm-hmm. and that can shift very quickly, mm-hmm. you know, um, because there's a lot of uncertainty, you know, when you're, especially on dating apps first, you know, you see someone, you don't even know if you're going to match with them. And then you, you swipe right. And immediately, immediately this stranger has power over you because you've decided you like them and they don't like you back yet. I don't know. And then you match and you're like, all right, well now we've matched. Who's going to make the first move type of thing. But I've noticed that I think for whatever reason, and I don't know the reasons why, but I've noticed that women are spent a lot of energy um, and maybe it's because of the old fashioned, I want a guy to pursue me, but within, within like wanting a guy to pursue them, uh, they spend more energy on making sure the guy likes them and, and, and them being liked and, and not enough time on, is this a guy you even want to like you, you know, is he worth your time? Is, is, does he have the qualities that you want in a partner? Does he respect you? You know? And, and a lot of times I find that women will invest all this energy into some guy that when they really think about it and really look at uh, who they are, they're not, they don't have the qualities they say they, they would like in someone or they would even like for their friend, but they spend all this energy because from the beginning of the interaction with this guy, he's held the power for whatever reason, you know, maybe he's good at just, you know, not giving enough and, and making them feel like maybe they're just kind of charismatic or whatever it is. But, um, they kind of get obsessed with being like getting validation and being liked by these, these guys that aren't even deserving of their time. And uh, I noticed that more with my women audience than the, my male audience. But again, I think it's, it can happen on both sides. But I love that. Take the awareness and take the inventory. If you are that person and say, wait, do I really like this guy? And do I, is he my match and my soulmate or is it, am I just rattled? Is my ego, am I, is it, he's just challenging me in every way, shape and form, playing hard to get. I think that's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think a fir- like a first date, a first, the first couple of days, especially the first date is really, again, it should be treated like an interview. You know, you should really leave 
you know, like uh, just you put your conclusions to uh, to the side for now. You're just you're just collecting, as you say, you're just collecting information. You're trying to get to know someone. But every, like we're always checking in on, on uh, like, do I like them? Do I like them? Do they like me? I hope they like me. And it's just like, you know, I don't know. This, this guy's a total stranger, you know, could be a stranger for six months. Uh, but first dates, I think we just uh, collect data on the first date. And then knowing that things like nervousness and uh, not knowing what to say. And there's a lot of reasons why first dates can go bad. You know, maybe give them a chance to, you know, keep getting more information. The more information you have, the better you can make decisions. And uh, seeing as that, you know, uh, most people are trying to find the one for the rest of their lives, they, sh they should maybe be a little bit more patient uh, in their decision-making process. Uh, and they should want to get more information. But so many of us are, again, because we have so many choices, it's just like, ah, ah I don't know. I don't like his collar. You know, and, what, and yeah, and, and, and I think that's interesting too, is the, the fact that, uh, I see with both men and female, it's like, I don't like the way he holds his fork or she holds her fork out done. Yeah. You do see, you see that's a lot right. of that. And then what is your advice about maybe hanging in a little? Cause I, when I think about sometimes first impressions I've had with people that some, some of the people that I've had terrible first impressions of became my most valued yeah. friends, you know, in life. These people are, you know, uh, first dates are made for the extroverted you know, uh, mm. the, the, the charming people, if you're a slightly introverted person or totally, you know, I, for, I, myself, I've learned as I've gotten older, it turns out I'm, I'm, I lean more introverted with some extroverted characteristics. Mm -hmm. Cause I would be like, Oh, I like going to parties. I like concerts. I like going out. I'm extra, you know, I can be very charismatic when I want to, but my resting, my resting space is kind of, even when I'm out at a party to like hang out in small groups and, and or talk to one person. And, and sometimes with that, I, I don't want to be the life of the party. And I think, yeah. And so if you are happy to be, if you have any type of introverted characteristics, the there's a good chance that you might not be a rock star on the first date. And to that point, uh, you might be on a date with someone who might not be the most charismatic, you know, life of the party person, but that doesn't mean they wouldn't be a, a great life partner. Sometimes you want to, if you are an extroverted person, having a little introverted, and a partner is a, is a nice to have, but yeah, to your point, you kind of have to let it breathe and, and take some time. Um, you know, sometimes, you know, people, there are people who are just naturally charismatic and that they're not necessarily your. Yeah. Your and, I, and, and, you know, um, I know a lot of successful people who are charismatic, you know, millionaires who are just very gregarious and, uh, you know, and it's part of their, I think it's part of their charm that's helped them get successful. But, as far as like a partner goes, mm -hmm. like a life partner, I would, you know, like, you know, <laughs> you know, I could. Yeah, no, right. And then because that that really has nothing to do with them connecting uh, with one person. And and um, yeah, so I think it. Are, are there just, anything just defining expectations with yourself on a, on a date? You know, again, it comes back to being patient. Remind yourself that you're looking for one remind yourself that the rest of your life is a really long time uh you know people like what it's like you, you know people are like i'm 25 oh. and i'm still single like oh what God. the f and i'm just like <laughs> well listen i don't know how long you're gonna live but just let's just assume you'll get to like 85 you know who knows what can happen but like the average life expectancy is 80 somewhere there mm -hmm. so if you're 25 now that's that's a long time so like make sure you you know 
maybe maybe you're fine being single at 25. Maybe you you maybe you have some getting to know yourself, and maybe you need to take a few years to get to know someone before you know they're your person. And if it doesn't work out, that's okay. Yeah. Because like it would really suck spending the rest like the next 40 years with this person. Mm-hmm. Um, or get, I think get, or get to know a lot of people in that time. Just be honest yeah. with them. Don't lead anyone mm-hmm. on to think you know. I think yeah. I, uh, it's it's okay to hurt people's feelings when dating. You know, that's um, a big one. Mm-hmm. That's a big one. Yeah. We, we it, like don't be mean. Don't be selfish. But that like dating's hard. It's a it sucks. You know, dating is a a means to an end. It's not necessarily something you do for entertainment, you know, like working out, I guess you can enjoy working out, but like working out is a means to an end to living, living a healthy lifestyle. And sometimes working out can be painful. Mm-hmm. Uh, it can be grueling and it, it can get exhausting. Sometimes we need a break from working out. Dating is no different. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I, I just think sometimes we have to see it that way. And um People want it to be like, oh, dating sucks. It's like, yeah, it does. Yeah. Doesn't mean you should stop, you know? No. And, uh, and sometimes could... working out can be fun. Sometimes dating can be fun. But the overall experience of dating is arduous and, and, and challenging because it's, 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 well, it can be really discouraging if it doesn't work out. It's a huge risk. Listening to some of the people who have been on our show and who talk about being and being present, what if we divorce ourselves from the expectations and the results. So if it, then maybe dating's not, then dating could be fun because I'm going to dinner, I'm meeting this new person, mm-hmm. finding out about their mm-hmm. world, but I'm not going into it with the expectation of this is has this, if this isn't my future wife or my future husband, I'm a failure. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's like an ego thing, right? If, 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 the, if we didn't have egos, dating would be easier. Um, mm-hmm. But we do. Yes. And, um, so much of it not working out is, you know, well, she broke my heart. I can't get over it, you know? And uh, I guess, like I said, this guy, I, my question today, a guy asked me this question today, and I was, and I think my answer to him was something along the lines of, like, well, you can't get over it because you're seeing her rejection is a reflection of who you are, right? And mm-hmm. somewhere along the line, your ego has decided that she's the only person who can validate you because she rejected you. And in reality, it has nothing to do with her, your validation is that the relationship didn't work out. The relationship is, you know, and she recognized it before you did, right? She didn't reject you. She rejected the relationship and you would eventually have seen it, right? But she just beat you to it and it feels like rejection. So you need to accept that and you need to move on because, you know, and so we get hung up on these things. When we get rejected, we, we give all this power to the person who rejected us and think, well, I need to... I need to like find a way for her, he or she to take me back because I feel inadequate. I feel less than I, I, you know, and and because that person hurt me. And if that person's the one who can, who hurt me, they're the only person who can help me. And and that's not usually how it works, but we have a hard time accepting that. I have only learned this because of my own bullshit that I've done. (laughs) Yeah. uh, It's brilliant though. Yeah. And it makes so much sense. Are there things that um, women and men can look out for, to see that the person across them isn't the right match or isn't certainly someone they should be spending their time with or the things that we can look for. Yeah. I feel like I, I just, I just interviewed Logan. So I'm probably, you know, I might want to make sure she is getting credit. So buy her book, um, you know, um, uh, 
things to do to not die alone, I think is the title, but, uh, and she, in a lot in her book, she talked she, she talks about things I've talked about before, but she talks a lot about knowing the difference between your non-negotiables and your pet peeves. Right. Oh. So like your non-negotiable, like, listen, if you want to have kids and they don't, that's going to be really hard to, you know, someone's going to have to drastically change a huge part. You know, if someone is a heavy smoker, and, and you're not, or, or someone wants to live in Europe and you want to live in, in the United States, you know, those are hard, you know, pet peeves would be more like, you know, I'm not good at doing dishes or I, I hate folding. Like I'm kind of, you know, slightly sloppy or, or uh, we have different tastes in mo movies or some, yeah. those are like more pet peeves that we can get over. Mm -hmm. um, you know, if you don't like the way your boyfriend grooms his hair, like help him out, you know, make sure, you know, if he right. smells bad, buy him cologne, mm -hmm. um, make sure he showers. Um, so I think we just have a way we have to sometimes power through these pet peeves. And I think we give pet peeves too much validation back to like, we have too many options. Like, Oh, yeah. well, I don't know. I don't like the way he wears his white t-shirt. He doesn't know how to dress. I'll find a guy who knows how to dress. Well, that guy, he doesn't know how to dress might be funny, charming, like great. And, and, and you just like have to take him to like Macy's. I don't know. Yeah. Like, and more than likely, and more than likely by the time he's in his fifties and sixties, he's going to dress horribly anyway. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, he's going to get behind the times well, at some point. I love this too, because like, I feel like pet peeves have come out now more than ever in this last year. Right. So everyone's yeah. getting pissed off. Everyone's pet peeves are flying. Right. Oof. And it's like, so this is such an important, important point. And, and what do you think about Nick? What do you think about taking the time again, going back to awareness, taking the time to maybe list your non-negotiables mm. before you even meet anybody just in life. Like these are things, like you said, I want to be a dad by yeah. this age. I want to be, or I want to be a dad period, or I want to uh, dedicate, I want to make a lot of money and I'm going to be at work a lot. And maybe I need a, a partner yeah, who's domesticated. Yeah, well, I think again, you just want to be careful with that. Like I think wanting to be a dad, great. Wanting to be a dad by a certain age, not so great because life throws us curveballs, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Um, uh, you know, being upfront with like, Hey, I I'm, I'm money driven and I, my career matters to me, but in every relationship, there's limits to that. You, you know, you, that can't be something you tell a partner and expect them to always put up with it. Right. Like I'm a bit of a workaholic. My girlfriend sometimes is like, Hey, can we right. like at six o'clock put our shit away and, and focus on each other. And I think that's a reasonable request. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and uh you know stuff like that so but yeah i uh, like uh, i think we want to i think it's important to have non-negotiables but i think it's important to make sure that that list is small small if you have a a, a bunch of non-negotiables maybe they're not really non-negotiables yeah or or if you do then again it's the awareness because we have i have some single friends guys and girls and i don't know why i'm single but they it's the non-negotiables now that you verbalized it it is way too long mm-hmm and and I think again, it's that awareness yeah. of okay, I have way too many non-negotiables, so I probably should just be alone. Yeah, they're, or they're confusing their pet peeves with their non-negotiables. Yeah. But, or or, but, or or maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe these are non-negotiables. But then be honest about it and don't be. You know, you 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 have to understand that's probably why you're not with somebody because yeah, you have too or, many. Yeah, exactly. Or they're or they, or they're valid non-negotiables, but they don't tell anyone. They pretend they're not, and they get mm. into these relationships like knowing full well this person is a good match for them but they just like ignore it until it's a problem do you think um see where where your partner is a yang to your yin and i am as well with my wife mm -hmm. 
Um, it's that is that something we should look for or be aware of in certain ways? Like I love that she's like, no, enough. You're unplugging. You know, the, I, I with you and and I have that with Maria in so many different ways, and that's why we work well together. But is that something we should be aware? Of? Maybe, maybe we don't want a person who's exactly like us. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I don't know if I'm an expert in compatibility, but um, I think there's a, a bunch of different things that can mean you're compatible with someone. I think you just have to, you know, I, you know, speaking for myself only, I'm someone who for most of my life, um, you know, I'm a big personality and I, I've always really been attracted to strong minded women. Right. And I still am. And my, my girlfriend is a strong minded woman, but how she shows that is different than my exes. Right. And in, in past relationships, I, um, you know, all great girlfriends, just not compatible for me, but that, that strong mindedness turned into more confrontation, right? It, it turned into us maybe critiquing us each other more than we should. Um, and there wasn't enough of balancing out. Maybe they, maybe we were too similar, you know, but, uh, you know, my current relationship, I, I feel like, you know, we communicate better because, um, you know, she, uh, she is a more quiet minded person and and not and and no way a pushover and not and certainly but she again i think it goes i i felt i think i needed someone who was less dramatic than me i didn't realize mm -hmm. it at the time but now that i found it i think um i needed someone who was less dramatic and, and more grounded than i am and yeah. i never would have and that's the self-awareness that I, it took me many years to realize because i never thought of myself as dramatic and i still think i'm very grounded and level-headed in a lot of ways but um not in this way and it's something that's been really beneficial for my personal life so and that and again that's uh it took me many many years to, to figure that out to figure it out and you did how's it been um you know how how's it been you know becoming a celebrity you know in, uh, with bachelor we were talking off air and um i, I i'm always fascinated by you know regular guys like us you know and then all of a sudden it's like what and we come into this world and um that transition from you know being one of 11 kids you had to be humbled even if you didn't tell me you were you had to be and i know my friends who came out of those eight nine ten twelve kid homes it was even like fighting for food was a, yeah. was always you know it was a, it was a lot so but legit i i right? still eat like i still eat like a. Uh, my 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 dinner is running away from me. Yeah, <laughs> right. I, yeah, because everyone is just diving in. I rem yeah, yeah, I remember from my friends. So so for you, wh what's it been like? Um, even with celebrities now becoming fans, you always recognize. Well, let me even ask like, who is some of the biggest celebrities that have come up to you and said like, I know Lady Gaga is a huge Housewives and 90 Day Fiance fan, which I think is amazing. Yeah. What? Who are some of the Bachelor fans who are celebrities that have reached out to you? Well, I mean, uh, it's varied. Like some, it's uh, well. I mean, I briefly dated January Jones, and people know about that. And that was <laughs> for me. Like she's, uh, I, I still, we're still friends, and we're still cool. Um, but uh, legit, our first date was like, I'm like, you know. But the first time I knew who January was, I was a kid living in Milwaukee watching Mad Men, being like, this is like the hottest person in my, Beautiful. In my in I've ever yes. seen. Yes. And then fast forward 10 years later, I'm on a date. How did, and, you, how uh, did that date come about? Well, it came about for her being a fan of the show and she went on TV and, and, uh, and kind of anecdotally talked about being a fan of the bachelor and she brought my name up and kind of 
um, like suggested that, you know, like I, she was like, people thought either was she teasing me or flirting. And, and so I just DM'd her and I was like, so I, uh, I was just like, like she it. basically, she, she kind of called me out for not asking her out or something. I don't know. So then I was like, well, this is me shooting my shot. And, um, yeah. And she was a delightful, wonderful person. And, and I, I enjoyed my time with her and, um, you know, it, it was great to get to know her. And like I said, I'm, it's nice to still be able to call her a friend. So that was, you know, uh, as far as uh, dating a Hollywood crush that you have, that, that was, that was, yeah, bucket list. It, that was it. And then, you know, through friends I have, like, you know, I've talked to, uh, you know, rumor Willis is a, a good friend of mine through, we, interestingly enough, we, we were both on dancing with the stars, but we met through just mutual friends um, before that. And um, I remember meeting at her 30th birthday party at her mom's house. Like, you know, I was huge fans of both to me and, and, and Bruce, uh, you know, being movie stars that they were. And to me, it was like, when I met her, I remember thinking, God, it's just like meeting any friends, moms that I have. She's so you know, nice and, and sweet and like an any mom would. And she, and that was, that was a unique experience. And then uh, when I met her, her dad at our 30th birthday party, again, very nice, very gracious, but I just remember being so weird around him. And uh, I was just like, this is Bruce Willis. Like it was, and I, I uh, I like legit tried to avoid him because I was too afraid of saying something stupid or being weird. And so I was just like, you know what? He said hi to me. That's, that's is that where you uh, left it? You never spoke to him more in depth than that. Uh, he said hi. He said bye. But I was de <laughs> I was legit too afraid to have a conversation with him. Uh, but the, all the the other part that party was actually because Sia was there and. Um, you know, Sia, like, you know, she's been less, um, her anonymity is like, not as, yeah. I, I don't, she's, yeah. people know what she looks like now, but for many years. And, um, I, I, so I knew who Sia was, but I didn't know what she looked like at the time. And she was at the party and she turns out she's a bachelor fan. And she was like, hi, Nick. Um, uh, I'm a big fan. I'm Sia. And I just oh, like, it all was like, what? Goodness. And, uh, and her and I talked for like 45 minutes uh, and she was so pleasant and so lovely and so nice. And what do you talk about with Sia for 45 well, she, minutes? You know, it was one of those things like the, the, the easy part of being on that show is like, it's a fascinating show. The people have a lot of questions. It's, it's very bizarre. There's a lot of rumors about how things happen. Uh, some are true, some are not true. And and uh, so she had a lot of questions about the show and I was happy to, to tell Sia whatever she wanted to know. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, and uh, she was, it was, that was a really great memory. Cause that was the whole time I'm thinking like she, she introduced herself to me. Yeah. Like, right. and I, I just, uh, it was a very humbling and, and fun experience. And uh, so, yeah, I've, I've, you know, I live in LA, so you get used to it and, you know, Brie Larson, I have mutual friends with her. And when I was The Bachelor, she invited me over uh, to have a reviewing party. And, no way. Uh, During your season? Yeah. Well, that's like, that's well. And then I feel good about that because my my best friend uh, met his now wife at, at that party. Oh, wow. Um, and uh, so that was the only real love story that came from. I just love that Brie Larson had a Bachelor. <laughs> viewing party she's so she's must be another diehard fan she i don't know if she still is she was i think she was really into that particular season and got really into it and so 
you know, my buddy who had a friend whose friend's girlfriend would like would go to this viewing party. It was like a, a lot of people, and they're like, "Hey, do you and do you and Nick want to go to Breeze?" I'm like, "Yeah, of course." Um, and she was very nice and and very uh, so like I, I think those moments I just tried to like when you are in that position as a bachelor, it's a lot of fun and you get a lot of access and people are very fascinated with you. It's something I've you know tried to tell like people who've come after me to to enjoy. Uh, because you will get a lot of access, but just don't mi don't mistake that for credibility, mm. uh, because it's it's Ooh. not, and um, you have to earn the credibility, and that might take a few years. Um, wow. yeah. Sometimes people will see us as like zoo animals. In what way? You know? Well, because again, there's a fascination I think with people who go through that experience, who say yes to that experience, and there's a we all judge ourselves. We like to judge other people. Um, and and i think if you go on that show people are just fascinated and so with that fascination comes the desire to um ask questions you know for example i haven't hung out with sia since and i totally it's totally fine i get it but like i also get why she had a fascination right but like it doesn't mean all of a sudden we're best friends right, right. and yeah. i think uh i'm thankful that i've always understood the difference between access and credibility and uh, you can get credibility, but sometimes you have to do more than just go on a TV show and be interesting for a few minutes to get that, you know? Oh, you have such great perspectives. So, so I, I can't believe this show's been on this long. And when we think of the amount of people that have been on it and now are older, um, I know you would never say yourself anyway, but I want to ask you, who do you think's been the best Bachelor? A, such a loaded question i know uh, right <laughs> i think it's such a hard you know i i think it's one of the hardest experiences that i've ever gone through uh, and i'm i'm very protective of my peers who have experienced that um i think every bachelor and bachelorette bachelor or bachelorette is unfairly uh critiqued um I, i'll just say matt for you know because he's the most current one, you know, for so many reasons, Matt has had to deal with things that other people before him haven't. One, he's the first black bachelor. And with that, um, our expectations. Um, and then you have the, um, the mess that's gone on uh, in this season that has, you know, kind of almost capitalized the conversation of, of, of just him being the bachelor. And then you take the production on it, like the, the, the producers decided to have him meet 35 women. That's insane. How is he supposed to get to know uh, anyone? You know, and then Matt, 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 and again, that's not, you know, there's a lot of variables that went into Matt being the bachelor before he was on the bachelorette. bachelorette. You know, one of them obviously is the pandemic. Um, and then two, you know, there's a lot of questions about, you know, like the social, um, yeah. like, uh, you know, the, the, the the bachelor franchise put them in a position by not casting a black bachelor before that and then um obviously a lot of people were calling out the franchise for not having the diversity and so um did that you know we i think it's safe to say that played a role and but as far as matt goes he had no experience in it you know it's a crazy world to go in and 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 everyone else before that at least went through their a little bit of of the nuttiness on the other side so they learned the ropes a little bit matt went in um without that experience. And I think given all those variables, I think he's done an excellent job. Mm -hmm. He's been uh, 
vulnerable. He's been honest. He's been patient, uh, both with production and with with the women on his season. And uh, I, I, he's had to deal with so much. I, so much I don't even think people can fully appreciate, it. and even I can't fully appreciate, it, even though I've been in his position. And I think he's done an excellent job. And and for Bachelorettes, who would you say? Well, I mean, if you're talking great TV, like I, I'm, you know, I don't, uh, I, I. Uh, probably Hannah Brown in terms of mm-hmm. straight up TV. So um, true. Yeah, that's what Kelsey said. But there's too. so many variables too. I mean, Hannah Brown did have the benefit of having arguably the best villain of all time. Uh, that who, was just a beautifully cast. Wait, so season. who would be the best villain? Oh, the... Luke Luke Parker and. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. He was. There's a, there's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a secret sauce, right? And yeah. what made that season so compelling is because. Uh, I've never met the guy, so I, I've heard enough that I'm kind of like, he just kind of sucks. <laughs> he was and so I, and I, I, I say that reluctantly because I don't like um, uh, labeling people I haven't met in person, but I've, I've, I've asked enough of people. Uh, and I think he just, you know, he has some toxic characteristics. And so he, he made for a, a good villain. But the, the, the wrinkle there is that Hannah really liked him. Yeah. And that, and her liking the villain for so much of that season only to finally realize what she was dealing with was just awesome TV, you know? And then you had other good characters like Tyler Cameron and, 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 and Peter at the time. And then you had the outside drama of the guy she picked, Jed, having his bullshit with another, you know, all those things just made it into like a really awesome season. And mm-hmm. so uh, Hannah, I think, was a, a great bachelorette just because she um, didn't run from the drama. You know, she embraced it and her vulnerability as a human uh, and, and, and being drawn to someone like Luke Parker made it really great TV. You know, had she not liked Luke that much, really? it wouldn't it wouldn't be as good of a season. Well, and now it's great because she's happy with her new boyfriend. So it just there makes it full circle. Are you and Natalie going to go on double dates? Hey, now. I don't see that uh, <laughs> happening. Um, when it opens, when the world opens, come on. <laughs> you know, Hannah and I, uh, I, I, we don't really hang out in the same social circles, okay, but uh, I saw her, at our, we have a mutual friend in Demi, and uh, I, I saw her and we said hi. And it was a very lovely interaction. <laughs> I think right. anything can change, but I, I don't know if we'll be double dating okay. anytime soon. All right. And what, what are you And what are you thinking about for this season coming up? Mm. What do you think of the well, pick? Well, we don't know. Well, it hasn't been officially announced. Okay. Who the Bachelorette is. Officially. So officially. I don't want to get myself in trouble. No, no, I don't want you to get in trouble either, Nick. Uh, what a, Will we you know, see listen, you at all, Nick? You know, we got, we got Taysha. We have Caitlin. It'll be different, man. You know, like. Uh, it could be fun. It could be something different. You know, you know, different isn't always bad. Well, I, I agree, right? I think the truth is we don't really know, right? Yeah. Because Chris has been the face, literally the face of this franchise for so long. For so long. He's, he's been the one constant. And I guess we just don't know what that looks like without him. Yeah. Um, and, and, and change is always a little uncomfortable. And, and sometimes uh, we change for the better and, and sometimes we try things out and it doesn't work out and we realize what we had was a pretty good thing. And um, so I, I don't know. Uh, I do think Tasha and Caitlin 
we'll 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 do a good job. I mean, I'm I'm much closer with Caitlin. She's a friend, and so I'm you know I'm I'm very biased in how well I think Caitlin will do. But I think they'll both uh, do well, and and I think there is some value in it, it being different. You know, yeah. I think it's safe to say that whoever the Bachelorette is, that you know Caitlin and Tasha might connect with the Bachelorette when it comes to those kind of like. Uh, uh, early times where they're like maybe emotionally struggling and 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 they're having a hard time deciding what's next. And I'm pro- I'm more interested in seeing Caitlin talk to the next Bachelorette about that struggle than I am Chris and point. the next Bachelorette. You know, so Great maybe that's a positive thing. I don't know. So mm. uh, things change for a variety of different reasons. This is the situation that we're in right now, and uh, I'm rooting for Caitlin and Tasha to do a great job and. And that has nothing to do with my support for Chris as a human. No. Nick, do you know if they're going to be back at the mansion? Uh, no, they're uh, they're still kind of filming things quarantine style. Mm. Um, Crazy. I, my guess is, and I, I've, they don't tell me these things, but uh, <laughs> you know, like I think people confuse me having relationships with the show is like working for the show. Yeah. Um, I, I have you no official working relationship with them, <laughs> but. Uh, I would guess that they'll they'll be doing this style of filming uh, for the rest of the year. Um, like you know, there's legal aspects that yeah. they're following, and uh, the Bachelor franchise has. Well, you know, you have Warner Brothers, who's owned by AT and T, produces it, and ABC, who's owned by Disney, distributes it. So those those are three four monster corporations yeah. that are involved in this this love yeah. show so uh <laughs> my guess is they will be on the uh, more safer side when it comes to uh filming things and I, I would suspect they'll just there'll be no travel for the rest of this year crazy nick you know thank you so much this has been so informative as you can see i was taking notes vociferously because Ooh, good word. i'm learning so much uh you're really a great guy and uh, it's definitely no coincidence that you're uh, you have a top 100 podcast in the world, uh, and I really encourage more people to, uh, to 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 join in and listen because I I do feel like you have a, a really good 20th 21st century voice um, that we need. And, well, uh, I uh, I very much appreciate uh, you you guys saying that uh, you guys have been uh, uh, around in this industry and being successful at it for a very long time. So. Uh, I, I do remember my first buzz uh, uh, after buzz uh, podcast and uh, my first experience. And it was, uh, it was did, fun. Did you go? It's funny. So after buzz, my network, you and you, we said this off here, you had interviewed with Kathy Kelly, right? Was it Kathy? Was it a chatting with Kathy? It was or Kathy was it... and a few other people. Okay. Um, I always thought Kathy hated me. I kind of had a crush <laughs> on her, um, but I was pretty sure I was like the villain on our first season. And I'm like, she hates me so oh much. But like, I think she's the greatest and you know, we're friends now. Yeah. Um, and I have since been fortunate enough to have her as a guest on my podcast, but uh, yeah, that was kind of my first experience with any type of podcasting or recapping or things like that. So, uh, um, back in the you day, you guys are a reason, uh, part of the reason, I guess you could say I'm, I'm in this business. Oh, it's Aww. so good to hear. And, uh, yeah, Kathy's gone on to become so successful. Um, since since then so wow that's nice i didn't even think of the connection i should have (laughs) you're a good man nick so uh we're we're, it's at nick vial and it's the it's the um vile the 
How do you say that? The, is it vile files? It's vile files. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. My last name sucks. You know, I know I can pronounce <laughs> it correctly. Uh, which is like I get on. I don't lie. It's just like okay, here's my opportunity to get away from a name that no one can pronounce correctly. So what do I do? I I put in the title of my show. It's perfect. Um, but uh, yeah, it's just Nick Vile on Instagram, Vile Files on Instagram, and then you can stream the podcast uh, where anywhere you can listen to a podcast. And we also drop our episodes on on YouTube, like you guys do as well. If you're more of a, a yeah. visual person um and uh that's that's uh, that's that's what it i also do my like weekly uh q a on instagram and give a short sweet but to the point relationship advice that people seem to enjoy. Yeah, you, you know wait you know today. nick you may want to go over to clubhouse too have you heard of that yet i've heard of clubhouse what it's live yeah i'm, I'm afraid of clubhouse oh <laughs> uh, okay but i just think for dating advice and not not you know i wouldn't you, you wouldn't have to engage yeah, I want to give it a shot yeah um but have you done it no but I but I I, I might for just Hollywood advice you know people when you advice. go on it I'll go on it with you okay there we go you guys yeah we could do that okay old man I, young man yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we'll set up Kev's bio yeah no Nick let's definitely stay in touch and uh when the world comes back to life uh let's get together in LA and, and awesome. keep this I conversation would, uh, going. I, I'd really like that. Yeah, so would I. You're a good man. Thank you so much, Nick. What a great guy and a great perspective yeah. and uh, definitely good takeaway for uh, anyone going back into the dating world. Yeah, I had one more question, but we steered away from dating, but I, we need to get him back. When we get him back, I want to know, we talked a lot about like not making um, super judgments like on your first dates and that sort of thing. And I was like, okay, great. How do we not make super judgments on the app when it's all based on, you know, pictures and this and that? Oh. And that's, I wanted to get more into that. Like, and we, I could think you we apply, need to. Could you apply the non-negotiables? Which Yeah, but it's so all... hard. How do you, how do you do oh, that? I don't know. You know, I've heard that there's guys and girls who literally just enjoy their DMs piling up with. It, totally. They just they well, just mean, do it for that, boost. right? Just to get like yeah. fifty to one hundred DMs saying, "Hey, hey, hey, hey." It's an ego boost for sure. Ugh. Well, Us. learning ghosting will make only bring you pain, um, and and I think that's really good as incentive to not do that. And I also I think just awareness mm -hmm. is taking that time. You know, I've had this conversation with um, even with you, Kelsey. You know, we we've talked about being single, and I'm like, you know. What do you really want? Mm -hmm. There's what we want, what we really want. Mm -hmm. We've talked about it on regular guy Fridays. And, you know, for some people it's like like right now you really want, I think, career success yeah. in that. So right. that's what you're getting. And then I think there's other people like or I'll say from a guy's perspective, they just want to be womanizers. Well, that's mm -hmm. what you really want. You don't really want or you don't yeah. you want a relationship, but that's but, not what yeah, you really Yeah, but you really want. just want to have your ego built totally. and go out with a ton of people. Right. And and the flaw in that is not being honest with yourself and then the bigger flaw is not being honest with the other parties. Right. And then all the the crap that co will come to you later. Right. So anyway, I thought that was fascinating talk. He's yeah. a really good man yeah. and a bright guy and no coincidence that um, his podcast is that successful. I agree. Mm -hmm. I really I have to say I really liked his talk on rejection that you're you're seeing her rejection as who you are. Like we're giving power to that person who rejected mm. us. I think that's something so important to remember. Mm -hmm. it's, it's so hard. 
but it's really important to remember. It is important to remember because, you know, we hear rejections, protection, and it is, but yeah. that is a much... It's not who you are. It's, yeah. a, it's not who you are. Yeah. You know what it is with you, and I always say lower consciousness and higher consciousness. Mm. So higher consciousness gets bored mm-hmm. and, um, you know, my, I'll go to my father-in-law, Costas, yeah. you know, he'll, higher consciousness, he's bored, and what's he doing? Okay, I'm going to tear down this wall mm-hmm. <laughs> like right, right, you know right, like right, what right. are you doing right and uh you're the same way yeah but we talk often we see the trolls and you just see and i could i feel even sometimes in their photos i feel their pain like mm-hmm. just how dark yeah and the lower consciousness board is like i'm just gonna go and sh- and cause pain mm-hmm. to every i have pain for jealousy maybe and then i'm gonna take it out on everyone by mm-hmm. spreading anger and hate and um and if they only knew that uh e- even if that feels good in the minute to do cruel things online uh, it, they'll, they'll, i've never met one person like that that's ever um ever amounted to be a happy or self-fulfilled person Mm-mm. so Mm-mm. all right you guys well um i think it's time to go <laughs> Right, Kelsey? Yeah, it was fun though, you guys. And what should we do, Kelsey? Well, um, you go. Oh, actually, I do have something to say. I have something to say. Our next Patreon heal event has been scheduled. And I'm going to send out an RSVP very shortly. So check that out in your inbox. We're going to do a nice yoga session with Rosie Acosta, my girl. She's an incredible yogi, does stuff with wanderlust all the time. And I feel like we all, we're all in this space right now where we're kind of coming out of winter, getting into spring. We need to move our bodies. So for all you Patreon members, it's ten, the $10 and up tier. You get that heel event free. I'm so excited. A class with her is like phenomenal. So if you haven't signed up for Patreon, sign up so you can join that event. And if you have, keep an eye out for your emails. Um, we got some other great people this week, and I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited too. And guys, please, uh, you know, um, in this time, st- stick with us. Marie's getting, you know, she's she, she's getting where she needs to be, mm-hmm. um, and uh, checking in every day. And uh, like I said, the best way you can help us is to stay with us, and you know, continue to tell friends. If you haven't subscribed to YouTube, please do so. And um, if you have them like i said if you have friends who want great content that gives great life improvement tips every single day please have them subscribe to our youtube page and uh uh, as well as our um at better together with maria instagram page because Mm -hmm. we give a lot of really short form content that's incredibly helpful yeah so anyway beautifully said kev now kelsey now i can tell you all to be nice people Make good choices and be present. Hey, Heal Squad, we have been on quite the journey together, and we're hearing from so many of you just how much this show is helping you heal and get better, and it makes us feel so good. We love, love, love it, and we just ask that you don't keep it to yourself. Spread the message and share the show 
or your favorite episode with your friends. And if you want to help us even more, you can leave us a five-star rating and a comment on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and follow us on Instagram at Heal Squad. You can also DM us anytime because we love connecting with you. And finally, you can also join us on Patreon for our monthly live heal events with world-class healers and ad-free episodes exclusive only to Patreon and our Super Heal Squad for as little as $10 a month. So go to patreon.com backslash heal squad to join. Getting better isn't easy, friends, but as I say all the time, it's a whole lot easier if we can do it together. We love you all so much and we love doing this thing called life with you.